You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast where we're talking this week about renewing the mind. I want to turn you to the context for this. It's Psalm 1-2. We're talking about Psalm 1 this week. I'm going to go ahead and begin actually with verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, Bad advice produces wrong thinking, nor stands in the path of sinners. That is the observance of the ways of sinners. We see that all the time in movies, stories, behavior in the marketplace. We see that all the time. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That's where we wind up where we become critical. And when you're critical, you're hopeless. And a lot of people have come to a state of hopelessness because of society. And they have totally given up. They have followed this downward spiral. But we don't do that. We delight in the law of the Lord. And in this law, we meditate day and night. In other words, we learn the power of meditation. Meditation is huge. Not meditation in an Eastern sense, uh, but in a biblical sense. Meditation is huge. I've heard people criticize those who teach us about meditation from a scripture. And uh, that's a foolish thing because meditation is God's idea. Let me just tell you this. Everything legit has a counterfeit. If there is false meditation, meditation that is wrong, that's based on the wrong principles and ideas, that's designed to lead you into bondage, then there has to be some meditation that's good. No one counterfeits $3 bills because there is no legitimate $3 bill. So if there is a false meditation, it's because there is a real meditation. So let's look at the real meditation. All right, the human mind is like a wild stallion. It has to be bridled and subjected to a benevolent master. We talked about this in episode five. So Joshua was told how to harness or bridle his mind. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law <coughs> shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Now, <coughs> The Hebrew word for meditate here is Hagah, and it means to murmur in pleasure or in anger. It means to ponder. It means to imagine, to mourn, to mutter, to roar, to speak, (coughs) pardon me, to study, to talk, or to utter. How many of these are verbal? Most of these are more than half of these are verbal. In other words, there can be no meditation without the formation of words. And you can form words and say things even in your mind. So the formation of words, either audibly or inaudibly, is necessary for meditation. Meditation involves an intense focus. When you're reading your Bible a chapter at a time, Uh, you are not meditating. It's a good thing to do that. You're acquiring a general knowledge of the Word. I think it's good to read whole chapters at the time. People who read through their Bibles in a year, I think it's a great thing. But I can tell you this, if that's all you do in your Bible study, you will never become a spiritually deep person. It is a beginning, but it is not the only way you're going to be able to read the Scripture. 
There are going to be times when you focus intensely on a passage or a context and you focus on what is being said at a particular point. Listen to me. If you want to go chop down a tree, you don't swing the axe broadly. You don't take the side of the axe and strike it against the tree. You turn the axe so that that narrow edge is what strikes the tree. That's what meditation does. Meditation is an intense focus. When you have an intense focus, you are going to have a breakthrough. You're going to get somewhere. Something is going to be done. And so meditation is focus on a particular passage or thought or an idea. Very often when you go to that, the Holy Spirit will bring things to your mind from another passage. You know, I hear people say, I hear people say, you don't teach the Bible by just picking different passages from all over the Scripture and putting them together in a message. Are you kidding me? The New Testament does that itself. The Apostle Paul with the book of Hebrews chapter 11 goes all the way back through all of the great heroes of faith. He's talking about faith. It's a theme. It's a subject. So what does he do? He starts in the beginning and talks about Abel had faith. Then he talks about Noah. He talks about Enoch. He talks about all of these guys, Abraham and David, all of them who had amazing faith. And so this idea that you don't study topically is one of the most boneheaded criticisms I've ever heard. Yes, I do believe it's important to study whole books, and I think you can benefit from that. But meditation requires intense focus. You will never really discover a truth until you focus on it. And so when I talked about delighting after the law of God and the inward man, we went to a number of places in our study where the Scripture talks about delight. Delight is the key word. You learn something about how we meditate when you understand the word delight. And so that's an example of what I am talking about. Focus unlocks understanding. And if you don't understand what it is that you're reading thoroughly, if you don't get it, it's not going to do you any good. So some people have a great general knowledge of the Bible, but they don't get these important spiritual concepts that are released when we focus on them. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Pay attention to this. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Now this is the parable of the sower. It is found in Matthew 13. It's also found in Mark chapter 4. Very important parable. In this parable, Jesus talks about the four kinds of soil that received the seed the seed was scattered on it, but only one type of soil was fruitful. Three of the types of soil did not benefit from the word that was planted on them. All right? Now, concerning those who were by the wayside, there's something we can learn about this. Jesus said that when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, does not understand it, they're like the soil that's by the side of the road. It's trampled down. There's a lot of traffic on it. The side of the road is not a good place to plant a crop. All right? 
So listen to Matthew 13, 3 and 4 at the beginning of this parable. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Now, why were the birds able to devour those seeds? Because those seeds were were dropped onto ground that was very hard. It was hard because of all of the foot traffic that there was along that ground. In other words, this was a busy, busy place. So here is a very important lesson. You cannot meditate next to a busy thoroughfare. Very important lesson. Meditation requires intense focus. It means that you shut out everything else that is around you and you focus not just on the whole of a chapter or the whole of a book, but you focus on what is being said in a particular passage. That's where you really discover a great truth. And that's when meditation causes the Word to come alive to you. Let me just give you a little example of this. I was reading in John 14 some years ago, and Jesus begins with this. Let not your heart be troubled, John 14, 1. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now I'm aware of the fact that these are the words that a Jewish, particularly a Galilean bridegroom, said to his prospective bride when they were espoused to each other. I'm aware of that. But this is the part that I wanted you to see. John 14, 1. You believe in God, believe also in me. When I read that, I thought, as I stopped to think about it, if I'm reading through the Bible, chapter by chapter, you know, verse by verse, not really paying attention, then I don't learn anything from this. I may be familiarizing myself with the Scriptures and with the context, but it's when you focus that you really get the greatest benefit. You believe in God, believe also in me. Why did he say that? God is unseen. God is not in this natural realm. Yet they believed in him. In essence, Jesus was saying, you are going to have to learn to believe in me in the same way that you believe in my Father. You believe in my Father even though you cannot see him. Now, you really don't have to believe in me a lot because I'm with you all the time. And so there are a lot of things that you can get from me without a great deal of faith because I'm here with you physically. But he says, the time is coming when I too will be removed from you, and I will also be unseen, but I want you to believe in me at that time the same way you believe in the Father. Now, I'm not leaving just to test you. I am going to make a place for you. In other words, I am going to create a place for you that will change your relationship with the Father. Now, when he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, here's what he did. 
when he died on the cross, was raised from the dead. And we read about this in Ephesians chapters 1 and early part of chapter 2. Powerful passages. It says to us that Christ, after he ascended, was seated at the right hand of God. And he sat down there. That implies that whatever work that he needed to do was finished. So the salvation that you and I have was completed when Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, and ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. He completed the work. Now, if you don't meditate this, you'll miss the point. When you stop and think about this, to a lot of people, it's not that big a deal. Jesus went back to heaven. He came right, went right back to where he came from. I get it. But here's what makes the difference. Yes, he did go back to where he came from. But when he went back, I want you to think about what he was. Was he God? Yes. But he was also a man. So it's important to see that a man, a human, is seated at the right hand of God. He was there in the eternal ages past as the Word, but now he is there as the Word made flesh. And so if he is there as the Word made flesh, he is there as our representative. And we are considered to be in him. So when he said, I go to prepare a place for you, he is in effect saying, I am going to sit at the right hand of the Father. I am taking you with me. You will have a new authority in heaven that gives you power over demons and evil spirits and, and, and gives you an amazing influence in prayer because you are actually seated in me at the Father's right hand, and when you pray in my name, he's going to hear you. This is all something that will come to you through meditation. If you don't meditate and focus, you'll never see anything like that. So when he says, you believe in God, believe also in me, he's saying, when I go and you no longer have me physically on this earth, understand this is why, and this is why it's so powerful. Wow. Can I tell you, when I was a baby Christian, I used to think, I wish I could see Jesus. I wish I could sit down with him. I wish I could ask him some questions. What a foolish thing for me to think that. But he was so good to me. He didn't rebuke me over it. I learned after a period of time in walking with Jesus that if Jesus were here in the body, on the earth, it would take me 500 years to find my place in the line and to finally get to see him. I'd be dead before it ever happened. But yet, because he died and rose again, he is with me all the time. I can ask him questions through this book. I can see how he thinks by this word. I do not have to see him physically to talk to him face to face to get the benefit of what he thinks about anything because he's revealed his thoughts to me with this amazing book. And it is when I do this that I renew my mind. It's all the time I have for this today, but we will pick up here tomorrow. Don't you dare miss it. 
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.